Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk and happy Valentine's Day. Don't to you, me or to them? To you Aww. and to everyone Aww. out there listening to Boggy Aww. Talk. We hope Aww. that this holiday that... Uh, commemorate St. Valentine and isn't it St. Valentine, right? Yeah, yep. St. Valentine. Uh, and then commercialized or just by Valentine all if the you, candy. Theologically. That's true. <laughs> I understand. And, uh, you know, that's been commercialized mm, by all the mm. chocolatiers and candy makers uh, and greeting card companies mm. to make us feel like we need to go over and above mm. for one day a year when we mm. really should just... Listen, be, I got kids on. in elementary school. I do not I, like Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, goodness. Like, I feel like... Anytime there's candy involved, like gremlins come. Well, we got to do the boxes, you know, yeah, and then make everybody the gets their Valentine mailbox. And, and mine's, I'm like, it's like 20 some kids, and we got three, at a, yeah, three so in that much. age. Yeah, there's this pressure, and you know, like, because we're in Niceville, parents are making these boxes People for like, their kids. People like, hey, I got a, I got um crumble cookie from one of the kids. It's like they give 28 <laughs> crumble cookies away. I'm like, who are these people? They got, we each got a Godiva truffle uh, box. <laughs> like we, we only go to crumble cookie on our birthday because it's free. And even then, like, really? right, oh, if you sign up for that. their birthday club, you uh, get a free cookie. I'm tired of the birthday. apps, man. I got too uh, many apps. Man, that's kind of a Wyatt tradition Chris, on your birthday. We just go to all, on your birthday, if you signed up, you could move the rounds, get all the free stuff. You get a free crumble, free Chick-fil-A. Free, free Starbucks. Free Starbucks. Free Dunkin' Donuts. Free. That's uh, like a $20 value. I, really, free Starbucks drink. Man, Starbucks just keeps going up. Yeah, it does. And they've changed and their, people keep their Paying for it. Yeah, they do. I don't anymore uh, regularly, I should say. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I bought uh, you Starbucks a, like a week ago. I know, You're like, regularly. I, I used to buy James Starbucks. Now he will buy that's, me Starbucks. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are, it's Valentine's Day and this uh, you know week, and we do hope you experience and know the love of God and just how great his grace is to you. But hey, we want to talk about uh, something following up from this past uh, uh, Sunday, uh, really what we've been talking about Um well, is we've been talking about, I don't know. Well, we talked about this past well, Sunday and it was really the theme of the, the message and it really lays into Galatians and who we are in Christ, but adoption and the gospel. Yeah. So we've been kind of, we had the last two weeks with uh, Tara Beard and that was, I think, valuable. Yes. Uh, we're kind of back to our format. We'll yeah. talk about a topic for 10 or so minutes. We usually mm-hmm. go longer because we are not Because we both winded. have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll uh, answer some questions, right? Questions, we got some questions. And then play a little game. Play a little game. I'm yeah. in charge of the game, so it'll be good. Oh, <laughs> Because when I'm in charge, it's no, lame, actually, apparently. yours have been pretty good lately. Yours have been pretty. I, I'm prepared for the next one already. So. Oh, good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Five minutes to think about it. So. I'm happy to hear that. There you go. Well, um, let's talk about, and really what we're talking about is follow up in Galatians chapter three, adoption and the father. And we showed this past Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the Project family uh, and their story of adoption of their son, Paul, which is so Oh man, what yeah. a great story! Great. How God, cool. isn't it cool? It is, and I just is think that an understatement? It really I, that is an understatement. Okay, cool. You know, if you missed the video, you can go back and watch it. Yeah. Uh, to summer to summarize it, I mean, God played this placed this in their hearts yeah, that's many like, years ago. Churches are like, we have a cool God. It's like, really, dude? No. What are you talking about? Anyway, <laughs> that's a cool story. That's right. I think well, it's more than a cool story. It's more. James. It's more of a like how this could only be possible through God. But yeah. uh, God placed that desire and burden on their hearts as a family many years ago. In fact, before they even lived here, uh, then they came to church on base shore and just where don't don't you feel like that like in a way illustrates ministry how like you guys plan i mean we had this vision for this event you guys organized this event like you saw it all about you know all these things which it was yeah 
But actually, in God's sovereignty, he was doing all that yeah. so that Paul could be adopted into this family. I know. Isn't that <laughs> like, so cool? You think about, yeah, what he's referencing is our serve day. And so they move here, they get involved with it, and then they go to the serve day. And we had a, a crew from serve day serving at Children in Crisis, which is um, residential, uh, you know, group homes, uh, residential foster care campus, I should say, uh, in Fort Walton Very Beach. Very politically correct. That, that's the right that. way to say it because they're not yeah, group homes anymore. Um, and they met. There's Paul a group there. of children at a home, but that's yeah. not, they're yeah. not group homes. <laughs> they're foster family homes. Yep, yep. And they met Paul and it was just God really opened the door and 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 really in I would say record time we're able to finalize his adoption. Uh and it's just you're right it's just a good picture of God's sovereignty over all things. Um and how he yeah. just put those details together. So uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about adoption and the gospel, what it means to be adopted into God's family, and maybe some practical implications for what that looks like in our lives as the church. So um, let's start with the theological and then maybe move to the the uh, practical, the orthopraxy of it. Um, mm, orthodoxy, orthopraxy, That's nice. right. So what does it mean to be adopted by God, pastor? Well, you have a great quote there. So, so. I do have a great quote. <laughs> this is the best You were speaking to yourself in the third person, pastor. That's pastor. You just, All right. You look no, at yourself in the mirror and voice. you're like, pastor. Here's my pastor voice. Pastor. All right. Uh, <laughs> I I, I I'm a little offended by that, just so you know. But anyway, all right. Um, so this is a quote uh, by J.I. Packer from Knowing God. Uh, and he what he's saying is that we talk about salvation as like, we, that's the highest privilege of the gospel, being saved and mm. uh, being brought from death to life. Mm. And he says this, our first point about adoption is that it is the highest privilege the gospel offers. In adoption, God takes us yeah. into his family mm -hmm. and fellowship. He establishes us as his children and heirs. Closeness, affection, and generosity are the heart of the relationship. To be right with God the judge, justification is a great thing. But to be loved and cared for by God the Father, mm -hmm. adoption mm -hmm. is greater. Mm -hmm. So I think... That pretty much sums up everything we wanted to say. Yep, we're done. <laughs> Moving on to the questions and answer. Now, I, you know, I I um, can't remember if I've already said it or I'm going to say it in this series, but, you know, when we're saved, we're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. Mm -hmm. And so I do think sometimes, specifically Baptist, you know, we talk about we're saved from hell, you know, because there's the hellfire and brimstone. And I mean, absolutely, you know, we deserve the wrath of mm -hmm. God, but salvation is this, uh, you know, multifaceted um, work that's happening in our heart. And and ultimately, like, we are moving from so orphans, bastards, whatever word you want to use. People are like, oh, can't believe you just Did said you that. But I mean, that? we are, you know, to- It's probably in the KJV. I bet, <laughs> I it, I bet is. it is. Yeah, yeah. So we're moving from, oh, we should do like a podcast on cuss words in the KJV. That's a game idea. Okay, <laughs> oh, no. I just can't, you have just heard. There's probably a game out there already. I'm just sure. like probably don't Google it. Maybe like not safe shoes. To yeah, please I don't. don't. But anyway, um, move, sons of Satan. Mm. I mean, two sons of Satan. <laughs> that sounds so. Uh, Children of wrath. Yeah. Was that I the mean, Grammys? Was that the group that performed <laughs> at the Grammys? Exactly. But we're we're moving now to being adopted into God's family, mm. and so I just. It is such a beautiful picture and it's such a necessary picture because I think specifically people growing up and whether it's Catholicism or Protestant backgrounds, you know, of, of a church background, almost just feel like it's their inherent birthright to be God's child. Right. Mm, and yeah. even the pseudo spiritual new age, you know, Christian mixed into America version. It's like, we're just God's children. Mm, we're all God, right. Yeah. You know, it's like, actually, no, we are adopted by God 
and and through the cost of that adoption is the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that relationship is severed because of sin, and it can only be made right through the justification. And then in that justification, we are brought in as his as his children. And I think every heirs, t- yeah, right. I, I all was the just rights. about to say yeah. like every time I'd re- think about that, the fact that Scripture says we are co heirs with Christ. Um, that blows my mind because I just immedi- immediately think of how like compared to Jesus, I am like so imperfect. He is perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm so unworthy. He is worthy. But because of the righteousness of Christ, the imputed righteousness of Christ covering me, like God sees me covered in the righteousness of Christ, sees me as his child. And that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's mm-hmm. just, it's so incredibly humbling. And it goes back to, there is no room for pride with mm-hmm. the gospel because we can't do that on our mm-hmm. own. You know, yeah. And I mean, people are going to deconstruct and, you know, nuance to death, the, the act of adoption and the problems with adoption. You know, when, when we talk about adoption being a picture of the gospel, and I, and I get all that because we're, when you're looking at human adoption, there are flawed people involved, but still the, the picture, you know, really is to me the clearest earthly picture of the gospel, mm-hmm. because for my adopted son, like, you know, we, you know, again, we're, per, I feel weird saying this because we're flawed, but like we chose to adopt this kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and he has every right, um, as my biological sons. Right. And so, um, he didn't do any, I mean, he didn't yeah. do anything. You know right. what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just grace and multiply that times 4 billion, you know, and that's, that's Christianity. Agreed. And I, yeah, I'm just thinking <laughs> there's so many things you want to say about, about this subject too. And I think that's like, it is a response and it is that. Uh, and I think one thing we do want to recognize too, like uh, the, the earthly picture of adoption. And you mentioned this, like, I mean, I just, Anytime I go back and read the adoption decree, the paperwork mm, that came from the court, mm. and it literally preach, says that preach it government. says this child. I know it's so crazy. This like this legal document so mirrors like the the heart of scripture. It says this child shall from this point forward be considered the same as a child that was blood born and uh, and is. Um, and subject to all responsibilities, obligations, and also the privileges that come mm-hmm. with that. And I mm-hmm. think what a um, what a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. I think you know, on the, in this side of eternity, and this side of you know if, if sin, you know, of course, it's adoption as an earthly picture is because of the brokenness of this world. And we want mm-hmm. we acknowledge of that. We acknowledge that and the the sin of this world that ultimately makes it necessary uh, for children who 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 for whatever reason have uh, either are either placed for adoption or who are removed from their family for, for concerns. Um, and it is incredibly humbling to be able to respond in that way that mirrors the love of the father. Mm. Do you remember, um, we were in, I think it was in the pre six adoption actually. And there was another adoption taking place and, uh, she was like 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's really not like a practical reason, you know, for that adoption at that point. Mm-hmm. And then the parents were basically like, we want to adopt her because we want her to have a family. Yeah. And I'm like, woo. <laughs> it's like, there's this identity that's mm-hmm. given to this this girl, you know, because that family was true. There's, what did they benefit? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, and I do think in some ways an older adoption is a, is a, is another picture because this child is in also saying, yeah, I, I want to be a part of this family. Like mm-hmm. I understand, like I want my last name to change. I want whose son I am to change, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and, and, and adoption earthly, it's not necessarily 
all the fault of the kid or anything like that. So please, you know, but just this, Hey, no longer this now, this like just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And so, you know, I, well, you have some more quotes before we talk about why Christians should adopt. Actually, actually notes for next week. So okay. I'm, I'm well, just prepared. Awesome. So there you go. Okay, great, man. You are so prepared. <laughs> there you go. So I'm good at the games and you're good at the actual <laughs> spiritual content, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's do, let's talk about some of the practical things and ways um, that Christians can respond. Uh, and the first is, I mean, adopt, you, you adopt, you <laughs> adopt and foster. That is a way to respond. Yeah. And, you know, and I think uh, as, as pastors who've done this uh, and, this church, who has a number of families that have uh, adopted, uh, you know, even before we were here at this yeah, church, right. there were many families mm -hmm. who had uh, adopted mm -hmm. and uh, and mm -hmm. were in, were foster families, and you know, um, we don't say this, you know, like some people think that well, because we're taught we've done it, and because we're talking about it, we think everyone should. No, not at all. Uh, I think maybe more should. Yeah, that's what uh, I said on Sunday. Yeah, more should. More yeah. should. But yeah. we're of course not walking around like. They should, they should, they should, because we don't know, like the Holy Spirit's in charge of that. But I do think more should uh, maybe listen yeah. to that, the mm -hmm. heat of the spirit, mm -hmm. because there's lots of reasons um, that you could probably think of not to. Um, and I, I think there should be a longing in every Christian's heart to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the realization, hey, you know, either because of the choices I've made in my life, I'm just not in a position. And, and so because of that, I'm going to help people now yeah. or because, you know, I mean, things that have happened to me. I'm not in a position to do it. Like it doesn't, yeah. and, and you shouldn't feel unworthy. Like there is no guilt and condemnation in Christ when you can't do the things of Christ because of things that have happened right. to you or because of your past. But I do think there should be a desire in every Christian's heart to see that happen as much as possible and to do it as much, do it if they can. Yeah. I remember an illustration um, I heard one time was talking about, it's talking in the terms of like missions, like global missions. Yeah. And they're saying, great, you know, yeah. we either are called to jump off the cliff to go to jump to, or we're called to hold the rope for the people. That's good. Uh, yeah, and I think right. the same That's applies good. for things that are very explicitly like, uh, in scripture, like the church should do these things, like yeah. go and make disciples. Like we should be a church that's going and making disciples. And that's, so God is going to call some people from this church to go. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's, but he is definitely calling all of us to be a part of it. Right. And we have to recognize our part. So I do think that God is even just, so I'm going to talk about missions. I think God is calling some people in our church and working in their hearts to go and jump off the cliff for missions, whether that's nationally, He's church planners. speaking figuratively. Yes, yeah, not clear. really. Yeah, please yeah. don't go. There's not yeah, a cliff yeah. around, but please don't yeah, uh, yeah. go do that. But to to take that step of obedience, whether that's it's Bethel overseas. That's Bethel missionaries. <laughs> that Sorry. Too, oh, too soon. Too back soon. to last week. Okay. Wow. Anyway, keep going. Um, but, and I think the same. The angels the will same. catch you. I'm like, oh. Jesus didn't jump off the cliff. What are you talking about? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Keep going. My bad. In fact, yeah. he very explicitly said, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. I know. But yeah. And so I think the same principle applies to foster care and adoption. We we should be a church that uh, whether we that that can support more and more families doing this. Yeah, um, you know, facing the challenges that are going to come along along with uh, the dynamics of of adoption and foster yeah. care. And you know, we don't have time in this podcast to go through every nuance. And yeah, every, and we, but you can go back plenty, and look at old well, we've ones talked we've about, talked about that, about, yeah. and we're we're certainly available, and many people in our church are available to talk about some of those nuances and questions mm. you have. But I do think we we want to create that culture, and in fact, you have an opportunity to take that step uh, coming up on uh, Sunday, March the fifth. We our, uh, nice foster, plug. That's nice right. Plug. Our foster adoption uh, team does have um, an online information uh, meeting yeah. uh, where you can just tune in and just hear some of the pathways forward, hear from some uh, agencies and just find out more information, maybe have some of those questions answered. Mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, there's a little plug for that. So if you're feeling that nudge, that's, you know, there's no obligation after that to hey, go. They don't process. hand you a baby. That's right. It doesn't it's happen via Zoom, that way. So they can't even hand that's you a right. baby. That's <laughs> right. They're not going to show up at your door. No, no. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we've talked about in the past ways that, that the church as a whole can support families. And I think those are steps, you know, to support those families, but also just being involved in the system is a great thing. Guardian Lightum is a yeah, great way to yeah. take a step. Mm-hmm. And we have several people in our church who do that and who are very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you add to that? No, I, I think, I think, I think it just, we can't let, I, I think I find it strange. I find it strange that churches begin to make adoption and foster care a litmus test for whether or not somebody's a Christian. Ooh, and we yeah. know those people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes an identity and it's really yeah. an unhealthy identity. Right. But I also find it strange that there are churches where this is not like, in front of everybody, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think, you know, it, it is messy. And I think that, you know, Christy and I really I, I live by this mentality, you know, and there was a season of our life where we felt like our lives weren't messy. And so they probably need to get intentionally messy, mm-hmm. you know? Right now we have three middle schoolers and two <laughs> adopted kid, foster kids. Not only kid. is it messy, it's, yeah, it's smelly. It's messy, it's smelly, you know, all that. So Yeah, um, I think, you know, what you're saying is like, this should just, I think, you know, we talk about in our mission strategy, you know, James uh, 127 and like Leviticus 1910, kind mm-hmm. of in a framework that really is two verses that represent the whole of scripture th- mm-hmm. of, of caring for the orphan, the poor, the widow, and the refugee or sojourners, what scripture would say. Um, and these should just be natural rhythms of, of churches, uh, not just like programs, that neither, no one, you know, we're not centering our identity around these things because they're a response mm-hmm. to, and that it's just as a church, how are we responding to meet these needs uh, around us? Amen. Yeah. Well, I think we can move on, but yeah. I mean, I could talk about this forever, you know, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, we could. So reach out uh, and we will be glad to talk to you, answer questions. Uh, I know both of uh, our wives, Christy and Christy, uh, with an IE and with a Y, would be happy to talk to you, as well as many others in our family, in our church family who have, uh, who have taken this uh, step. So mm-hmm. um, let's talk about, uh, let's revisit a couple of a week or last week we had Vision Night and yes, we shared we some great celebrations from 2022 yeah. and some steps ahead for 2023 and beyond. And we have a couple of questions that have come up from things that we shared at Vision Night. First of all, if you didn't attend Vision Night, um, you Do you out. even love Jesus? Do you? Uh, do you love yeah. his bride? Uh, and be, I was going to say, you can go back and watch it online. Uh, it is on um, our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch the stream and just hear firsthand some of those things that were shared. Uh, but let's Hit talk about- subscribe. And subscribe. Don't okay, forget. Sorry. So you don't miss a beat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so let, what are those questions? That you got? <laughs> yeah. First question. Uh, one, uh, and I'll frame this this uh, with the last thing we shared about our plans is that we are looking, developing a long uh, term strategy for uh, what our facilities, um, our missions, partnerships, our ministry and uh, our personnel is going to look like. So basically, we're trying to make sure we're making you know, great financial plans to be able to grow and sustain that growth. And one question was, so we're talking about buildings. When will we build? Mm. Um, we talked about the fact that the first, the priority we have is a connecting commons, which means a central entry way uh, where, you know, people can kind of walk in and they can get to the children's building. They can get to groups. They can get to uh, the sanctuary from there. And also a place where ca- people can kind of gather. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find out information about getting connected. So that's priority number one. Um, and I would just say, as soon as we can pay off our debt, mm-hmm. um, I think we're trying to get to a point where we pretty much have the plan and pay place that we pay off our debt and we start on this, yeah. you know, so that's, 
two, if, if the Lord continues to move in the direction mm-hmm. he is two-ish years from now. Sooner if somebody just progress, wants to go and be like, hey, I'm going to pay Dude, you want to write debt. a million dollar check? <laughs> we pay all, our, be- our debt's less than a million. So, you know, which is amazing thinking about it costs seven million to do what we did. Um, and we're, mm-hmm. you know, we could be done in a total of seven years with paying that off. Um, and then um, the others were student space. I would say that was, that was probably the next step. Um, and, and why do we need student space? It's because, I mean, we have a great facility for our students that was part of the build project and renovation when the children's building was built, but they had just outgrown it. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, right now on Sunday mornings, there's over 100 students uh, just in life groups uh, are our high schoolers and middle schoolers have already split worship nights, but they're just out of space. Yeah. And then uh, expansion of the gym and fellowship hall and kitchen, which, you know, to create more ministry outreach and, mm-hmm. and men- you know, internal ministry as well. That probably be the next step. And that some of these could all be combined together. We're not sure. Um, and then the last one on there was, uh, you know, just expanding our sanctuary a little bit, which is just in order to um, facilitate growth and kind of go with that. So, you know, I would say that we could begin to see things happening as early as two years from now. Uh, it could delay all the way up to 10 years, you know, yeah. so anywhere in that two to 10 year, not, not starting, but the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, so it really depends on, you know, giving, I mean, honestly, and I, that's not a guilt, like a lot yeah. of you are faithfully giving. Yeah. So it's please. Just true. It's just a fact. Yeah. But we are trying to make a plan for it mm-hmm. so that as those markers hit we're good so yeah absolutely um, it's exciting i think it is you exciting. know i think um I mean, god has blessed us and and i we are trying to be wise stewards yeah. of all this praise god for our stewardship team yeah. uh our steve and our administrator who really provides so much uh they they just help so much make sure that we are using everything we can uh for the glory of god and wisely yeah and and because we want to you know, we, we gave over $600,000 in missions this past year, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, and we're at 29% ministry and missions because we want to keep that number going up to a million and try to be at 50% ministry and missions. Um, you know, we'll go slower. I mean, yeah. I think we could we, honestly, with where we're at giving wise and all that, we could probably do all this in two to five years, mm-hmm. like a hundred percent. But the reality is we want to balance being a church that doesn't just, you know, grow our mm-hmm. church, but builds the kingdom. And so we want to Preach. ensure the DNA is right. And we want to ensure that we're not getting out of balance there. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think we share that like really humbly because yeah. it is all God's grace. It's but cool. really there, I mean, we we know just of churches and know churches that really just, it's like you give, you give, you give. And it's just those churches really use everything for that church. Yeah. And, and the, they do some great things for the people, but it's not, uh, we just feel like God has positioned this church to be in a place and a position to really make an impact, not just in this community, but in other communities and mm-hmm. around the world. And so we don't want to wait until we feel like God has met all of our needs here right. until we start doing that. We want to just go ahead and do it like yeah. now as, mm-hmm. we, as God is, continues to work here. Yeah, we just see how many of you buy crumble cookies on a regular basis. And so we know we have the capacity to help other churches. So. <laughs> All right. The next question was and this short answer. I'm going to do three. So this is two out of three uh, is why prayer nights? We put a big emphasis on prayer nights. Um, and I'll, I'll say something that I, you know, as the, the worship guy, you know, I'd mm-hmm. like you to jump in there. But yeah, I mean, because we want to do this the Lord's way. Mm. <laughs> you know, if our goals don't require dependence on God, they're not big enough. So that's part of it. We want God to do, we want God to do this in a way that is prioritizing, not just growing our church, but building the kingdom. And really like, he's got to intervene. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and we want his protection to, you know, 
like so many great things of God are ruined by dumb men. And so like, you know, and women, but you know, specifically men. And so uh, (laughs) we want our, we want his protection. We mm-hmm. want him to guide us. We want him to get the glory. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we we really want the church to come together and and be unified in submitting it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, a statement about prayer that I read recently that was convicting is prayerlessness is pride. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think mm-hmm. we don't want to be a church that's prideful, that we have the right tools to, to do things. We cannot do any of this on our own. And we want to, as a church, like, not just say that, demonstrate that symbolically by having a prayer night. Like that's our sign that we need God, but to really be people. We really need God. (laughs) (laughs) We really need him. Uh, And it's, you know, each one of the prayer nights is a different emphasis, different focus. And, um, but they're all sweet. Uh, in and of themselves, they're multi-generational, intergenerational, I should say. So you, it's a great time to fellowship uh, and just spend yeah. time with people outside of our normal circles. Be reminded that we're part of this collective as a church family. Um, but ultimately, it's to say, Lord, we need you uh, mm-hmm. more than we need uh, anything else, more than we need another plan or strategy. And those are good. Those are great tools. But mm-hmm. and if God doesn't build the house, um, it's going to fall. We yeah. don't want to do that. We labor in vain. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the last one was like, why do we need more life groups? Um, Have you been to our life groups <laughs> and realized how big they are? That's, yeah. yeah, and some people come from that mentality of like, yeah. the bigger the group, the better. Um, but, you know, part of the... So I, I, I am tempted. I love teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I fight the constant temptation to start a Bible study like on Wednesday night, you know, yeah. or because you do want to go, because I want to go deeper with yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and I do think people would come, but the reality is, I think that will cut against people getting in circles and building relationships where they're actually interacting with the Bible together. Mm-hmm. And so, the larger the groups are, uh, the harder that is. I mean, right. that's just logic. That's I mean, evidence based. Yeah, exactly to say, there's like studies that show that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know. And I think in a in a society where uh, people are not that communal, they're not in homes together like they should be. We're trying to move uh, the um, move the in that direction, mm-hmm. move the needle as much as we can in that direction. And so, um, I mean, but but I will also add this: um, no disrespect, the churches that have this group is a knitting group, and this group is a surfing group, and this group like that's not the same. I'm not saying you can't have that, but we want groups that are really committed to learning and mm-hmm. the ways of Christ together. Um, and I think, you know, so we need qualified leaders right. to teach those groups. Again, not not saying we do have groups like that right. at our church and that's fine, but uh, it should not take the place of Christ. Right. I was going to mention that there is a tension here because we we do know that we need more groups and many of our groups, well, I would say they're, they're too big, uh, but we also don't want to just take anybody and I'll lead yeah. a group and then maybe they're not qualified. Maybe they're not mature. Maybe they are skilled. Maybe they're, maybe they're this great charismatic personality, but they don't have the character that's needed. And we don't want to set groups up. We would rather have larger groups with high quality leaders than a lot more groups with leaders that we don't know what in the world is going on in the group. Yeah. Uh, so that is a tension we, we wrestle with. And we really do are, you know, one of, um, uh, Michael, our, our associate pastor of discipleship and families, his big emphasis is on with our life group leaders is looking out for those who have the potential, giving them opportunities mm-hmm. to lead within the group mm-hmm. they are uh, and developing them. Uh, and so that's something we're working on is attention we have not arrived in yet. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's so much more than me, but truly how I feel about it is like, so I think there are people who come to our church and at least at first, like I'm, they think I'm teaching the Bible 
And if I'm endorsing something, they feel pretty confident, hey, this is going to put me in the right direction. And so I take that as a tremendous responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so um, while there will be problems and errors and things that happen, uh, we really do try to create an environment in which that person who says, I'm going to connect in a group, they're going to connect with people who are trying to point them to Jesus in the Bible. Right. Amen. Yes. All right. Are we ready for the game? I think we're ready for the game. All right. All, All right. right. So I always get a little bit nervous because um, I don't like looking foolish, but I have well, a Well, since this it's Valentine's happen. Day, <laughs> um, and I know you, I, I seem to know a lot of movies and movie quotes. Oh, great. And you don't. I don't. I'm going to give you 10 movies and you've got to tell me if it's a romantic comedy or a horror movie, because I feel like all 10 of these could be okay, either okay. or, okay? Uh, all right. Okay, so, here we go. All right. What if it's both? Are there are there no, both? No, no, are there romantic there's no tri- comedies there's, that, that are horror movies? Maybe. But, uh, but and, and, and I want you to hear why, well, maybe it's inappropriate oh, in some places, why I think it could be the other. So is this a horror movie or a romantic right, comedy? Here we go. Jaws. <laughs> That is a horror movie. Yes, it is. Okay, I mean, I've seen okay. this one. Okay, I was okay. like, is, I, my default was like, this has got to be a trick. Okay. The title, you know, kind of yeah. makes it funny. <laughs> I've it could seen this, be a romantic I, okay, comedy. Okay, I have seen Jaws. <laughs> Might be a little inappropriate, but um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That's a romantic movie. But, but wouldn't it, that be a great that would, <laughs> title for a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I think I've seen that one too. Yeah. The, the, the killer is, is that Christy's not a movie person either. Oh, okay. And I remember like we watched movies, you know, while we were dating and probably before we had kids, but yeah. now since then. So it's you don't like, remember the love fern from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? No, I oh, don't. Okay, all yeah. right. So that was one of Christy Ross's like favorite movies. So anyway, okay. 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, I've seen that. That's romantic. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. romantic. Again, also could easily be yeah. a horror movie, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, kind of like the movie- uh, You kill them after the tip. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like the movie Seven. It was like the Seven Deadly Sins. And then it was like, you know, the murderer and all that yeah. stuff. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Not fully tri- following you on that one. Okay. Well, you know, the 10. The 10 Things I Hate About yeah. You Killed. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Horror or romantic comedy? The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that's horror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But doesn't that sound like one of those movies that like Brad Pitt was in in the '90s, where he was like he had yeah, long flowing out, hair, you know, and he was a he was a shepherd, yeah, or something like that, right? So the Silence Ireland, of the Lambs, yeah. yeah. I think I remember watching that, and movie. your mom's watching it, and it's like, oh, oh you got to get out, got of here for this scene. <laughs> I remember seeing Silence of the Lambs as a kid, like sneaking to see it because you know, like you're like, what's all the rage about this movie? Yeah. And I remember being like, I don't, it just didn't make sense to me at that age. And anyway, okay. The Sixth Sense. Oh, that's a horror movie. That is a but horror that movie. That could be a, like <laughs> my Sixth Sense is that I like I can, it, right. That's yeah. right. Or you can hear. Yeah, you anticipate. You, you have telepathy. Yeah. You anticipate. Or Will Smith movies. is like helping people with how to get married. That's true. That's yeah, hits, his, right? Six, yeah, it is hits. But you know, he's kind of got a sixth sense about those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sleepless in Seattle, romantic <laughs> comedy or horror movie? That would be an awesome horror movie, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, but wouldn't that's it? like zombie apocalypse, yeah, right? right there. But that's right. yeah, that's classic, right there. Okay, all classic right. romantic. Okay, you're Tom you're, Hanks, Meg Ryan. I mean, that's like the pinnacle of rom com, right there. You are six for six. Hey, okay, something's got to give. Ooh. That's probably a romantic comedy. It is a romantic okay, comedy. But I don't think I've seen it. But, but couldn't that also be the name of a horror movie? Yeah, it could be. Uh, I think it was Jack. It was like one of those like when 60 year olds fall in love type <laughs> oh, romantic <laughs> comedies. Okay. Like, when something's got to give like and that that is you. You are the one. And so, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. Get you. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm tracking. The Ring. 
Oh, that one. That is a scary movie. That is a horror movie. But does it, if you just heard the ring, ring, yes, you're like. Channing uh, Tatum is in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he is. Of course he is. He's not in the real ring, but. Right. And he's, yeah, he's playing the role of the. The down on his luck blue collar guy yeah, who yeah. saves all his money for this girl way out for of the this financial league. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, oh, oh, yeah. So you got to keep going further though. But really, like, then you find out the twist is it was for his uh, previous his his dead wife. <laughs> and who got hit by he, a train. Yeah, anyway, okay, all right. Uh, who woke Let's up stop. with amnesia? Okay, Let's that's stop. a different one. Okay, a quiet place. Oh, that sounds like a dream, actually, A Quiet Place. <laughs> uh, but that is a horror movie. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think you were going to know I've it. I've seen that one. Oh, have I've you? I've seen that one, yeah. But I've doesn't seen. it sound like it does. a like sweet, we're just, we're just, romantic we're, movie? We're sitting by the still brook. Uh, with John English, Krasinski. The, oh, wait, he was in it. Yeah, okay. in the English countryside, yeah. A Quiet Place. And there's, yeah, there's. this is definitely a period piece. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's yeah. a Jane Austen-esque. Yeah. That you, does sound nice, like a Jane Austen nice. uh, yeah, romantic Pride and comedy, Prejudice But it's thing. a horror movie. Yeah, there you go. Okay, last one. It okay. happened one night. Ooh, now that. Ooh. This is from 19, I think, like 30s, 40s. It happened one night? Mm-hmm. Then it's got to be... In that era, rom-com. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I shouldn't have say, said 30s, yeah, 40s. You, I was about yeah, to yeah, say horror, yeah. but uh, that it's, sounds like- It actually won uh, an Academy Award, I think, oh, or was nominated for kinda one. Kind of sounds like an Alfred Hitchcock kind of a movie. It Did happened, you know there's only six horror night. movies that have ever won an Academy Award? No. Yeah. yeah. Really? What I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Jaws, yeah. Exorcist. Uh, Man, I haven't seen that one. Uh, Six Sense, I think. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. I don't know what else. Yeah. Man, yeah. in college, like that was like the- Scream came out like yeah. that was kind of yeah, like, I was like in high the, school. the real like mm-hmm. yeah because I am older but that was kind of <laughs> like the like resurgence yeah, of the slasher. Was. I loved those movies because I was just, I just loved that the they were good. They, yeah. It was it was a good. I mean they should have stopped doing them yeah because there were too many exactly. But I yeah. just like trying to figure out the killer and just like the, the and scare. then they had scary movie and all that like the Wayans <laughs> brothers. So right. anyway, yeah, something yeah. about watching especially if you're watching that with like fun like your group of friends and you've the got the movie. one person who's gonna get scared. It is fun because you're not that scared because you're with all those people yeah, but yeah but yeah. you're also like looking behind you like because you have that feeling yeah kind of like you probably didn't watch this growing up but uh unsolved mysteries that tv show that used to come you even know what that is there was a show called unsolved mysteries and you'd watch it dude like, i loved unsolved mysteries. i loved it i, could hear I the actually song. have like trauma from not knowing having closure on some of those unsolved well it's mysteries like stuff. i remember watching those and being Ooh. like in your mind you're like as a kid you're watching this but you're convinced like the guy they're they're searching for is like outside. Yeah. Like watch, he's watching me watch this and he's about to bust in the house. Oh, um, yeah, gosh, I digress uh, into yeah. um, into my own ending body little talk. world. So anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us for this talk. Hey, again, if you've got questions about adoption, foster care, we'd love to talk to you, maybe point you in the right direction of some great resources, uh, even some further study or reading yeah. that can help uh, help you um, just understand a little bit more about it. And um, and my use of those movies in this game is not my endorsement of all those movies. Yes, in exactly. This game. That, that you, we are in the culture where we do need to stay. Yes. This is not an endorsement of these That's movies. Right. You should not uh, watch them necessarily, but um, hey, it's fun for the game. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to being with you next time. Happy Valentine's. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.